Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill of other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. That's your sitter. Wow. Gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh, DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to nothing but net radio. It is about 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Another beautiful Saturday in Colorado. Last week, I got to brag about it, and then nobody else uh, nobody else was even from Colorado who was on the pod. This week, though, however, uh, we are an all-Colorado staff, uh, so let's not, let's not delay. First with us from... Colorado Springs. It is Gordon Gross. Gordon, what's happening? Not much. Just enjoying the day. Glad it's Friday, man. It's good to be Friday. It's actually Saturday, Gordon, but that's all right. Whatever day. I don't care. <laughs> you're you're giving away the magic of internet radio right now. Right. Uh, also joining us is Daniel Lewis from Littleton. Dan, what's happening, man? It's actually Sunday for me, so... Uh, I hate you guys so much. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible, terrible. All right, man. So, um, we got a big, we actually got a big show. We, uh, we actually ended up scrapping part of it. We were going to talk, I was going to talk about the Lakers, um, because, because Dan and myself are, we're, we're at least, uh, enemy number one, a and one B, um, with Lakers fans last week. But I'm over it, man. I don't care about the Lakers. They're headed to the lottery. Nobody cares. Um, they can hype themselves. They don't need our help. Exactly. Exactly. Go hype that pick. Oh, you don't have one. That sucks. All right. So on our show, though, however, with the big news, of course, um, Gary Harris went down with an injury late in the game against Detroit on Thursday. Uh, Friday, the news came back that he has a – the Nuggets call it a – Strain slash sprain, uh, described it as a best case scenario. So we want to uh, we'll get. And he's supposedly listed as questionable uh, for Saturday's game or for today's game against Memphis. Um, we will get into Gary Harris and uh, we'll get a little bit breakdown from Gordon, our our medical expert over here. 
uh, we'll, we'll give us a little breakdown between the difference between a sprain and a strain. Uh, which, by the way, do not take any of Gordon's medical advice for your own treatment. We always advise that you seek out a licensed medical professional. Technically, um, I am a licensed medical professional, <laughs> but yes, do seek out your own licensed medical professional Gordon because you aren't be paying me. No, I'm not liable, and you ain't paying me, so that's how this works. just want to clear that up right now, but uh, Gordon does know a little bit about that, so he'll tell us, uh, help help us understand what Gary Harris might be going through. Uh, and then we'll talk about how big of a bullet did they dodge. Obviously, uh, it could have been a lot worse. We know that, so... Um, We'll talk about that. And then uh, how many games can the Nuggets afford for him to be out uh, as they uh, head down this this playoff stretch on this seven-game road trip, which is what we'll talk about next. Um, and then finally, uh, we'll go – we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk about expectations for the playoffs since we talk about the playoffs every week now, um, which is something they can't do over there on the Lakers podcast. And then finally – uh, trivia, some March Madness trivia. We will uh, we will go ahead and and throw that down as well um, to finish out the show. So it's it's a big one. It's a big one for us. Uh, I like it then. Uh, let's start. Let's start with the Gary Harris injury uh, because I think that was that that was pretty much um, the biggest story of the week. Come there late in the week, late in that game against the Pistons, the, because the Nuggets once again, man, I think no lead, no lead is safe with that team. They had this one in the bag. No a, lead is safe, right? I mean, what was it like? They were up by like twenty six points, I think, on this one in the third quarter. They were up by twenty. Thank God, they last the game they were only up by eighteen and they blew it, so yeah. like twenty six. Twenty six was just enough. So Gary ends up having to stay in there late in a game that was uh, that they should have had maybe, and, and he ends up getting getting hurt late. It looked bad. Uh, I thought it looked it looked like it had the potential to be really bad. The way he came down just on one leg trying to land, and you know you kind of see that leg lock up like that uh, while your body. I was still afraid, moving. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, it's like a, we've seen we saw something similar with kind of Gallinari when he planted on one leg. Uh, and, and then obviously he had the devastating knee injury. Gary, of course, able to take the free throw because he was fouled, able to walk off under his own power. And as we said, the MRI comes back. It comes back, so, and then the Nuggets say, so it's a sprain slash strain. So, Gordon, I was kind of talking to you about this a little bit earlier, but explain to me, like, how can it, it – it's got to it's be one or the other, right? It can't be a sprain and a strain. Or can it – like, could he potentially have injured two – or have two injuries at once. It would once. be two different things. Yeah, it would be okay. two different things. If he uh, So anytime you sprain something, it's it's a it's a bone to bone connection. So it's it's a ligament that you've messed up. The most the one everybody knows about is the ACL because it happens to lots of people. Um right. uh, you know, so your uh, anterior cruciate ligament is one of the long connectors on your knee and when you mess it up it's a long long rehab. Um, there are other ligaments in your knee where you could tear them entirely and the uh, your doctor might be like, you know what, it's fine. Like It would be more time for you to rehab that one than it would be if I do surgery on it than just to leave it unattached. It's not that big a deal. That's not a really serious um, stabilizer, so don't worry about it. Like Literally, there's there are things that could go horribly wrong and things that could go very well, and apparently – this went very well. If it's a muscle, then it's a then it's a strain. Um, so that's what uh, 
we had Mason Plumlee come down with earlier in the year. Right. You know, he strained a calf muscle, but you could do both. Yeah, no, like he, you could you could sprain quad, a knee right? ligament. It was his calf. No, he he had a calf. He's he also calf, had right? an abdominal yeah. strain that he played through it. Oh yeah. Yeah, basically, we just try to hurt all of our players. That's pretty much this. You know, nug life one. is is injury. Yeah. How uh, how does how does one get a butt strain like we saw with with Danilo Gallinari this season? You just get a glute strain, my friend. Like, <laughs> it's, I mean, Gallo probably got a tripping over a cat or something. I mean, it's Gallinari. <laughs> like, I don't know how you it, strained butt fell over some luggage. Game. Yeah, so, so well, it, it, it always makes me laugh because they're not—they're not serious about their things. It's you know, it's a calf or it's a—it's a—it's a butt muscle, and you're like, okay, but there's several of them. So what did you actually hurt? Yeah. And that for me is what's frustrating about this diagnosis from the Nuggets, which is a non-diagnosis, is when they said it's a strain or a sprain, but it's—it's it's minor. That basically means he didn't tear a meniscus and he didn't break a bone. Right. Everything else is still in play. Like, don't don't get crazy. Um, but, uh, the hope is that it's a, that it's a small ligament or a small muscle strain. Um, he'll be out a couple of days maybe, and then be able to come back and play. That's the hope. Right. Uh, that would be great. I don't expect it. I expect him to take longer, uh, than I expected him to make Saturday. I know he's listed yeah. as questionable, but the Nuggets tend to list all of their injuries as questionable to start, and they slowly work their way to being out. Like that's right. that's just how they roll as a as a medical staff. That's how they start with their uh, injury assessments. Right. So assuming, I mean, assuming obviously, so it's not it's not season ending or anything. And if he's questionable, it, right. it's a matter of um, days, maybe even weeks before he comes back. Dan, let me ask you this: How big of a bullet dodged is that? Um, knowing that you should hopefully get Gary back at some point this season. I mean, it's huge. Uh, the Nuggets' best lineups all feature. Gary Harris, so he's he's one of the the few guards on this team that can dribble, pass, defend, drive, and shoot. So um, he, he's re- he's very important to the Nuggets' offense and defense. Um, their their team culture, and you know losing him is is going to be tough. Right. Who do you how, who do you think makes up for that? Do they does it mean Will Barton then is pretty much instantly going to come into the yeah he's probably uh, into the starting he, lineup. He's probably going to have to play like forty minutes a night. Do you think? I see. That's what I wonder. Do they do that? I think I think you're right because the other option you have right is you kind of keep his minutes similar to what he's been getting because I think he's what I mean he's basically still getting like thirty five, uh, thirty six, and then so maybe you up like you know. You up some minutes for for Malik Beasley, and suddenly you give him like, uh, oh, you know, I don't know, the other other. I don't think. I don't think you're gonna have as many guard minutes that way, man. Like, yeah, I don't think he, if you're gonna give somebody minutes, you find minutes for Trey Lyles. He's the guy who's been reliable, so you have to shuffle your lineup to basically make Lyles play well, uh, like a non-four position, um, and you're not running three guards out there all the time like they do with. Uh, Barton next to Murray next to um, Harris. Right. I, it's tough. I just I I could actually see Devin Harris getting his minutes bumped up. I could see that too. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I could see that as well. Which uh, that would make sense too, because you know he's kind of a trust guy though. He's a veteran. Yeah, I, I, he's going to play more minutes. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it's not. I guess right. it, it's not going to be Beasley. Beasley. Yeah. It can't be Beasley. <laughs> true. Yeah. Over the second year guy, no, we'll give it to the fifteen year guy, which is kind of interesting. I as a guy who pounded the table so hard for Devin Harris, I haven't been. I mean, he's been. I mean, it's Devin Harris has been better for this team because he's not a just abysmal negative uh, when he's on the floor, like like the I guess to put it plainly, like what it was with Emmanuel Mudiay. But he hasn't been good. You know what I mean? It's not like. Uh, well, yeah, but their problem is still, man, they don't have a point guard. So right. you have like four shooting guards on this team that you're trying to all make play point guard. Right. Like it, if Devin Harris would be fine, he's been playing off guard for years. Right. So it would be great if they had a, a point guard. Maybe there's a guy on the bench they could use, but he's a rookie, so they're not going to use him. You know, but it would be great if you had a, somebody who could orchestrate an offense and pass the ball to some shooters. But right now they have a bunch of guys who are used to doing the shooting and doing the driving, and those guys are being asked to also run an offense, and the bench is not responding. Like that's – it's not say, And now they'll also be asked to fill in the shoes uh, of Gary Harris. Of Gary Harris, yeah, which is a – those are big shoes to fill. He's been, he's been terrific. Let me see this, Gordon. I mean, how many games do you think they can afford to have to have him out before it's like – it's just going to be the season is going to – it's going to be too late? Am I allowed to go with zero? Like is zero, <laughs> I mean, is zero an answer? You can, but they're playing I mean, Memphis on Saturday, so I would say – Yeah, so I'm going uh, with one. Yeah, that's <laughs> – right. they can afford one. I mean, we're going to get to this when we get to the schedule, but, like, this is a very, very – how many various can I say? Very important road trip, and you finish up with you – know, you're looking at Philadelphia, Toronto, and Oklahoma City. So you have to get out of the gate fast. Um, so whoever replaces Gary Harris, they need some wins up front on this road trip. They cannot afford to drop early games. No, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it, I mean, a seven-game road trip that, like, so we're about to get into it. But first, I want to, I mean, Dan, do you kind of agree um, that, that basically they can afford only to miss Gary for this Memphis game, and then it's they gotta they gotta get him back, otherwise they could be in real trouble. No, I think they should sit him out for as as long as he needs to feel like he's a hundred percent healthy. Um, because right. I oh, I'm not arguing I, that. Yeah, that's I, I agree don't with that. think that it's imperative that they bring back Gary Harris when he, if he's at 70% just so that they can win another extra game and finish with the 14th worst record in the league like like there's i i honestly if it if it's anything that impacts the you know structural integrity of his knee or could you know him playing through his injury could Put him at risk for a, a severe calf or hamstring or quad injury. Uh, I, I think it would be better just sit him for the remainder of the season, um, especially because they're they're gonna have to sit him for at least one or two games. Uh, they play Memphis today. Right. They play Miami on Monday. Um, if they lose both of those two games, don't bring back Harris. Like there's just no there's right, no yeah, point. At that point, there's no um, point. Because right. you bring him back against Chicago and. You know, if if they lose that game and you played him, it just you're just like they have Gary Harris for the next three years. They don't. Nest, I mean, they would love to have him for the next fourteen games, but uh, if if he's not able to make it back, I'd rather have him at be the best player he can be for the next three years instead of rushing him back for for two weeks. 
Right. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that, and so, so, so is Gordon, because you're right. I mean, it, it doesn't – I mean, even if they got in, like, even if they, they overcame him being out and, and, and got into the playoffs or, or even brought him back uh, and got into the playoffs and risked it, uh, I mean, at this point – I don't Can, know. I, it's going to be tough, I think, for yeah. them to do to get like a, a six seed where they might actually have a chance to advance to the second round. So you basically would just be like, okay, let's rush him back so we can get, you know, knocked out in the first round, Absolutely. probably because fairly quickly. We, I pretty, I'm, I feel pretty confident saying that there is a a very, very, very slim probability that the Nuggets don't play the Houston Rockets or the Golden State Warriors in round one, and right. if they play either right. of those teams, they're losing in four games. And so, like, it, yeah, it's great that you made the postseason and you get postseason experience on, like, how to sit in the fourth quarter because you're down by 35 points with 12 minutes to go. So, like... Right, right, with the, with the crowd chanting, Right, like, <laughs> you know, the, it just... Is it... It'd be great to make the postseason, but is it worth it to put, Garrett, you know, one of your second best player at risk, your third best player at risk? Uh, is it worth it to, like play these guys, you know, huge minutes and everything for for the eight seats so that you can get totally waxed by Houston in round one. So it's not something right. that I'm... It really all depends how, like, what his injury yeah. is, man. Like, it's if his injury right, is exactly. extraordinarily minor and we got, like, like, Will Barton had these things where he would roll an ankle and I would think he's going to be gone for three weeks with a high ankle sprain. And <laughs> yeah, he rolls back in the next game and is like, I'm fine. Like, everything is fine. I'm made of rubber. You know, if Gary got lucky, then that's one thing. Uh, but I would want them to be very sure of that diagnosis, like you said, Dan. Like, right. you've got to be really sure. I mean, he's running up and down the court. He's jumping. He's uh, – if you're going to put him back in, you can literally lose because you put him back in too early. He has no legs. There's no shot, and he can't finish in the paint because he's literally limping around the court. There's no – don't put him back in like that. Don't put one-legged Gary Harris right. back in the game. That's not good for him or for us. We we already seen what happens if you throw a player that only has one half of their lower body working in Wilson Chandler and Danilo Gallinari. It yeah. doesn't work very well. Yeah. So just it doesn't work. And you create those long term right. issues, like so, you said. So you know, just if it was up to me, it de- you know the next two games kind of depend on whether or not I'd bring him at, back at all. And then if if you lose the next two games, just be like, hey, you know what? We're starting Malik Beasley, like. We're fully committing to <laughs> the tank is yeah, on. We're fully committing to developing our our younger players, and the whiplash from like competing for the for the playoffs to like hang on, we have to lose the next fourteen games in a row or whatever would be hysterical. I, that would be great. <laughs> that would, I want to see Monte Morris and Tory Craig and Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez out there. Well, everybody else is resting because Jefferson. of, like, random injury. Yeah, right? That would be terrific. <laughs> uh, let's, um, I, I want to get into the seven game of the, the road trip of itself, actually. Um, because it's, like we said, it, I mean, it's brutal. But, but, but like Dan pointed out, you get those first two games um, against the Grizzlies and the Heat. Uh, Grizzlies are, I mean, they are tanking super hardcore at this point. So, they are amazing at tanking, <laughs> right? So I, I don't, uh, I don't. Uh, I, you can't lose that game. You can't lose to a tanking team. I mean, what it happened just not when they lost to the Mavericks what a few weeks ago. So you can't, right. you cannot do that. You have to win that game. The Heat are playing. The Heat are playing for um, playing for something still. They're in the eighth seed right now, and they're they're fairly well into the playoffs. But uh, they could still improve their seeding. So that will be uh, that will be, I think, uh, 
a much bigger test plus Miami. Um, always a tough place to play for one reason or another. Yeah, who would know why that was? On my side. Exactly. Oh man, exactly. Um, Dan, I'll go to you first. Like, how many? I think it's unreasonable to be like they got to go seven and zero, right? Because they're they're not. It's just not going to happen, especially with the way because it ends like Gordon was talking about before. You end with Wizards, Sixers, Raptors, Thunder. Like that is that's a pretty pretty tough run of games um, right there. How many games though that they have to win on this road trip to still come when they come back home and play that game against the Bucks to feel like they still got a chance? Six. Six, six and one. That's. Well, I mean, you look at the rest of the Western Conference, right? The Jazz have won eight games in a row. The Spurs have won two games in a row. Right. The Thunder have won five games in a row. The Trailblazers eleven. The Pelicans have lost one game in a row, but like they have a because they, they lost have to um... fewer losses than the Nuggets do. So the Nuggets have to make up. They have to make up a lot of ground. They they really can only afford to lose if the if the rest of the Western Conference is going to keep playing. In this, well, I guess we're going to win every game mode. Then the Nuggets can really afford to lose like four games. So, and you know they have to go and play Washington, who's a good team. Philadelphia, who's a good team. Miami, who's a good team. And Toronto, who has, uh, hold on, let me check a twenty-nine and five record at home. They're the best home team in the entire. They're pretty league. okay. Yeah. So, you have to, you, you, if you bank on that being a loss, uh, you have to win the other six games in order to, to keep pace with the rest of the Western Conference. Because the Nuggets, it's not right. like they're the seventh seed and they have to hold on to a playoff spot. They're the ninth seed, and they don't have you know as easy of a road as the other teams. They have to get in. They're not trying to stay in. Right. Here's the thing that I so I would say they have to go five and two. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm very close with you on this because here's the thing is it, I, so the teams that I kind of look at right now that the Nuggets are going to have to basically surpass uh, in front of them right now. I mean they're in the nine. They only have to hop one team. So the, the number one team I'm actually looking at is the Timberwolves um, right now because the Nuggets still have them twice on their schedule. So they, that's a team they can obviously make up ground on very easily. They have to beat them both times that they play them um, down the stretch. But I, the Timberwolves have uh, a pretty decent schedule coming up. They're going to get um, some some home games, quite a few home games. And then they're going to get some road games. they got a road game against the Knicks. they got a road game against the Mavericks. Really the only tough ones they have is a home game against the Rockets. And then they've got a road game against the 76ers, just like the Nuggets do. Um, so, you, I mean, there, there's a good chance they're going to go 5-2 and two over their next stretch of seven games. Um, and then, and then they're, you're basically going to get your, your shot at them um, shortly thereafter. They're also 26-8 so, uh, at home. So, that's pretty that, That's true. They're a good team. That's what I'm saying. So, they're, they're, they probably – the only home game I can see them dropping uh, in the next seven is the one against Houston. Um, and then, uh, and then, like I said, you got that road game against the Sixers. That's the other one that you're hoping, uh, you're hoping that they would lose. Uh, we will see. But that, that, but that's, I guess that's where I'm at. Though, or maybe you're right. Maybe then they got to go six and one. Um, 
to keep pace with the Timberwolves, but that's the team I kind of have my eye on. Gordon, what do you think? Um, I guess let me ask you this: What do you think they have to 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 get on the seven game road trip? And then, uh, what team do you think is there going to be the, their best chance to pass that's in front of them? Uh, I'm with you on five and two. I I don't see how I don't see how you can legitimately hang in this race if you don't go five and two. If you go four and three or three and four, like there's just not enough time left and everybody's winning and everybody's playing their best ball. You have to bring it. There's, there's no excuse. You cannot be out there. Um, just, uh, rolling along at like five fifty ball because Utah's lost what two times in the last 22 games or some ridiculousness. Like you have to step up. Um, I mean, there are teams that might fall back. There have been some injuries. Um, but the problem is, is there's some that, teams with some tough schedules. Yeah, there's some schedules and there's some injuries, you know. But you're looking at at teams that are, for the most part, well coached. That right. they understand what is at stake. They've been in this position before. You know, the Thunder and the Blazers, you know, have have done this before. The Timberwolves haven't, but the Timberwolves right. have a couple of game head start on us already. Right. You know, like you said, we have to. We would have to chase them down. Um, and, and there's always have to beat them head to head. Yeah, too. that's the other part. Absolutely. Um, as far as who you're going to catch, uh, I don't know, man. San Antonio has been having a terrible time, right. like just a terrible time. Uh, it's not like ten. Yeah, they they have not been they have not been playing well. Of all of the teams, um, them and the Clippers have not been playing well. But right now the Clippers are also out. So for mm-hmm. teams who are ahead of. Well, actually, Timberwolves also five and five in their last ten. So that's the other one. That's oh, that's a true story. Well, I get, but they lost Jimmy Butler, so for them, it's, uh, right. that's what I meant by injury. It all depends on when Jimmy Butler can come back, because right now they're coasting, and maybe that's that's some that's some ground that Denver can make up. Um, right. There's there's still a way in for them, but I don't see how they do it if they drop another three of three of the next seven games. I don't see how they do it. It's going to mean they're going to have to run the table when they get back, and I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah, which is going to be incredibly tough because even though they get home, um, I mean, the Bucks are a good team. The Pacers are a really good team. Uh, then they got those two games against the Timberwolves, one of which will be actually at the Timberwolves. Uh, they'll have right. a home game against the Blazers. They also have a road game against the Clippers. So it's like it doesn't – I mean, they get, they get more home games, but I think every single one of those teams, right, all last six of them are playoff teams. Except yeah, so the you're Clippers. pretty much right. – I mean – and Denver or, has no yeah, way to have these games. Playoff contenders, I yeah, should say, go. I guess. Right, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> you're right. I mean, uh, it, it's and it's a tough task, man. It's a, They've got a brutal schedule. And the, the only other teams that you see that have, like, I mean, Oklahoma City's got a tough schedule, too. So, I don't I don't know. That's that's one of those games, I guess, on this road trip. You when I look at like, let me ask you guys this real quick because we got a little bit of time before the break. Um, I'll go to you, Dan, first. What what games like if you were gonna pick out? Give me give me three games out of the last the last thirteen that you think are like the most most crucial games. At Philadelphia. Okay. At Minnesota. And home against Minnesota. Um. Why the Philadelphia game? It's the first night of a back-to-back, and so it yep. it helps okay. lessen the sting. And also, it, it puts you in this position where you can kind of be like, hey, you know what? We won the first game of this back-to-back. Our goal is to win one of two. Um, and so we can kind of just go out and, and play a little bit looser. Whereas if they lose to Philadelphia, right. when they go to Toronto, they're like, oh, now we really got to win this. 
and that's a that's Imagine putting yourself in a really really difficult yeah. situation. And then the two games against the Timberwolves, those are games where, I mean, since it's a conference opponent there, and that they're they're still within right. range of like maybe they might still be within range of the Nuggets catching them. You know, if you win that game and they lose it, you you make up two games. Um, so you have an opportunity to make up a lot of a lot of ground in those in those two games specifically. Um, and then the fourth, I know you asked for three, but the fourth one would be Oklahoma City. That right? I was say because the what's the tiebreaker on that? Do you guys know? Are, are you, it's very. Is it two? If you want to know tiebreakers, somebody's up two one right now. Matt Moore on Twitter at HB Basketball, <laughs> and he can tell you all about that. Yes, right, exactly, right. I'll get this entire breakdown. Gordon, what about you, man? What um I'll I'll look that up and uh let me let me ask you what, what games do you see as the most important here coming up? Well Dan pretty much stole him. Uh the <laughs> other one I would say if it's if it's because I agree with him on all those counts. Like the team that you need to catch is the team you have to beat twice. Um so you it has to be Minnesota because they are if Jimmy Butler's not back, they're still vulnerable. So that matters. Um, and then you've got – if you're going to beat one of the the good teams on the road, it should be Philly and not Toronto because if you throw everything you got at Philly, it's very unlikely you're going to be able to outlast Toronto in Toronto on the next night. Yeah. Um, but I would still say Milwaukee. The first game back after a seven-game road trip, like the first game of April, they have got to show up. That's the start of a three-game homestand. You know, they need that Milwaukee game. You cannot cough that up. And they showed that they almost coughed up the Milwaukee game when they were in Milwaukee because Denver can't blow anyone out because they just can't hold those those late leads. So those are the those are the kind of games where I could very much see them like winning in Oklahoma City on on Friday, March 30th and being like, yeah, we're great and come home and you lose to Milwaukee. I was just gonna say, couldn't you see them like losing to uh, like losing in Miami, right? Uh, and then coming out and actually winning that back to back against Philly and Toronto, right? Oh yeah, no, they I, could totally do that. That's totally the Nuggets, and then well, they've back, always... like losing to Milwaukee and and, and still nug lifing their way to a. Nine. Seriously, that's that would be my thing. Uh, but they always play Toronto tough. They, the the Nuggets have always matched up well with Toronto, which I think is weird because Toronto has really good guards and Denver always struggles against teams that have really good guards. Right. Um, but that said, they they match up with Toronto in weird ways to give Toronto trouble. So if that – honestly, if they get blown out in Philly, then yeah, they might have a good shot in Toronto. I just don't know that if they're two tight games that, they, that they're that they going to be able to have enough juice uh, on when they get to the Raptors. But right. we'll see. It's, it's going to be – well, the biggest problem that I have is – what record do you expect them to have? Like, we're talking about what you what they need to have to stay in contention. What do you expect them to come out of this road trip with? Probably four and three or three and four. Three and four would be a... I could see it. I could totally see them going three and four. Uh, I could see them going three and four. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably say four and three is probably where they'll end up if I was what I would expect. I think they need okay. to go five and two and they'll probably go four and three. Um, right. Here's the thing, man. That Thunder game is, is so huge because... Um, because for one, uh, the Nuggets currently are up two games to one on the Thunder on the season series. So you would get the tiebreaker um, if you beat them. Uh, the other, get this. So here's the Thunder schedule: they're at the Raptors, at the Celtics, home against the Heat, home against the Trailblazers, at the Spurs, home against the Nuggets, at the Pelicans, home against the Warriors, 
at the Rockets, at the Heat, home against the Grizzlies to end. There's one team in there, yep. one team in there who is not uh, a playoff contender, and so well the Celtics. The, are... There's a, there's a chance. <laughs> The, yeah, that's the, the Celtics. Well, Celtics be healthy, right? And yeah, <laughs> and that, like that's six, the one thing you wonder about. I mean, well, and Golden uh, State has, is missing everybody back. with all their injuries, so you know that's we'll see true. how that goes. That's true. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, are and Durant, of course, and Durant. Yeah, good lord, that's right. He's in my fantasy team. He's killing me uh, in the fantasy playoffs right now. But. Nobody cares about that though. So I tell you what, let's go ahead. Um, let's go ahead and take a break. And then, uh, since we've, we've talked a lot about uh, what it's going to take to get to the playoffs, uh, I want to talk about if they make it or not and what that, what that means for the season, um, for the personnel. Um, and then, I think, if we get some time, which we probably will. Uh, it's March Madness, right? I, don't, ooh, I, I hope I'm not going to get like sued for saying it. But... Uh, yeah, we will do a little trivia on the good old NCAA men's basketball tournament. So uh, stick with us. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on. Or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service change before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. To the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Nikosh at DenverStiffs.com with fellow writers, co-hosts Dan Lewis and Gordon Gross. We've been talking, we talked a little bit about the Gary Harris injury, um, and we talked quite a bit about uh, the upcoming schedule and whether or not the Nuggets um, can make it, what they need to do to get into the playoffs. Um, now let's 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 kind of look at uh, whether or not they would get in. Um, hey, hey, get out. Get out your hot dogs and marshmallows, because Gordon and I are going to start a fire. <laughs> yeah, that's know, probably going to happen. I'm going to have to like keep you guys at bay here. This is this is risky <laughs> waters um, for me to go into on the podcast uh, or or show. I guess I should say. Uh, I was so proud of you for getting the show right earlier, but no, you just messed it up. It's fine. <laughs> I just messed it up. We never get it through. Uh, anyways, so Gordon, if they don't make the playoffs. 
How big of a disappointment is it? And do you, I mean, do you say that the season was a failure then at that point? Um, or do you still take some, take some successes out of this? Well, it's, it, it, I don't believe in like totalitarian abject failure, blah, blah, blah. If you don't win a title, 29 teams had abject failure seasons. You know, I, that's never been my, uh, my thing. But yeah, you should, it's, it is a failure on some level to not make the playoffs. It might not necessarily be your fault that Millsap, you know, injured his wrist and was out for three months. But in a, in a Western conference where everybody got injured this year, you know, it's not like the Nuggets were the only guys who got hurt. Um, you know, Gobert missed a couple of months. You had you know, the Clippers got Kawhi devastated Leonard's by injuries. Kawhi Leonard's been out. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Nobody else would want to hear it's about that. Like, everybody, literally Marcus every Cousins. every con- yeah. Jimmy Butler's Jimmy out Butler. now. Yeah. Like, yeah. So every team has this. Been pretty- That's a true story. Hmm. But other than that, like those are. That's not really an excuse for me, that injury thing, because everybody had it, and everybody right. else, if they beat the Nuggets to get to the playoffs, has overcome it. So that was the Nuggets' job, and they didn't do it. Um, I think it's. I think the the player development success, and you know, Millsat, or uh, rather, uh, Jokic and Murray and Gary Harris all stepping up and showing they're a young core, and you know, you've had some guys like Trey Lyles show up, and the players have done fine. It's just a matter of um, how you're going to rate your season, and I, I don't think you can consider your season a success when you spent thirty million dollars on a free agent to get to the playoffs, uh, and you're going to sit home again like that. That is not success. You can't be like, well, we tried hard, so that's good enough, right? We won two more games. Not, not after, not after last year. <laughs> yeah, not after last year. If you if you went into last year and. You you went to the final you know week of the season and you just blew it. You can't roll right. out and do the exact same thing the next year. I don't care what the record says. You cannot do the same thing the next year. That's important. You know what's funny? I want to bring up a point here. Didn't that Lakers game feel a lot like the Blazers game from last year, where it was like there was yeah. all the hype, right? And it was like the attitude and the this is Jokic was versus Nurkic, and it's like ah, and like everybody was so invested and it was felt rivalry. Um, and granted, we, you know, this time the Lakers aren't a team uh, that's, that's like we've said, is going to be in the playoffs, but they're, and you weren't fighting necessarily with them head-to-head for a playoff spot like you were with the Blazers, but you were, you had this, this, this kind of beef, this animosity between, uh, you know, between the two teams, um, and It was then, a big game atmosphere, man. Right, yeah, big game exactly. atmosphere in LA, and everybody was pumped for it, and then the Nuggets was, came People out, were booing every time, Jamal touched the ball. <laughs> That yeah. was, it was game seven. For, that was for their seventeen banners. We beat the Nuggets uh, twice this see, season. I can't. We can't. We can't go the banner. I really uh, like. I can't talk <laughs> the banners because they actually have some. <laughs> yeah, no banners. We can't talk banners. LA has got plenty. Titles. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, we got Doug Moe up there with his four hundred and thirty-eight wins or whatever it is. Um, but no, four thirty-two. Come on, it, man. Very, it, sorry, uh, it very felt like uh, I thought it was so similar, and the feeling and how they they just they could. And it almost ended the same way. Like it, it, they they hung around, they they kept it close, they had their chances, and then uh, they blew it. They blew it in the end. It felt very similar to me, and that that's funny that you said that. You know, Gordon, you make that parallel. Um, it's not, I guess, it, it's not black and white, right? And I asked the question in a black and white way: uh, Ooh, Is it a me. failure? Ask is it me. not? Because there's, say what? 
Ask me. Dan wants you to ask him. <laughs> All right, Dan. Let, let's let's hear. That. I know what Dan's black and white answer is about to be. So <laughs> yeah, I, let's I, hear. It, Dan. I see things a lot more black and white than Gordon and Zach do. Uh, yeah, it is a failure. I don't know how you can go and spend two hundred twenty million dollars in the off season to add three new players, and uh, then be like, our goal is to finish three wins better than we did last season. Like, right? We we, we spent two hundred twenty million dollars on three new players. So we get those two new, two more wins, and hopefully next year we can get five more wins, and we're gonna have to spend six hundred million dollars. You know, so uh, if you, if you can't you can't talk about if you're setting goals in life and you're like like a personal level. If my goal was like I want to lose weight, you know, for New Year's or something. Well, it's not really a goal if I'm not saying like I want to lose five pounds, right? I want to fit into these jeans that I haven't been able to fit in for the last two years. So. If your goal is, I want to get better, and you're like, okay, well, how do you get better? You make the playoffs. Uh, and then if you don't make the playoffs, and you're like, well, we won three more games, just be like, yeah, you're done. Like, it's a failure. Like, if your goal is to make the postseason, and that's that's how you show that you're getting better, and then you don't do it, that's a failure. All right. Dan is Dan was the hot, fiery tank. <laughs> Um, there's certainly, there's certainly, although I think some truth in that, in the, the yes, there, there, I mean, look, the Nuggets are currently the, the 10 seed, one game back of as much as the seven seed, what, two games back of as high as the five seed, two and a half back of the four seed, and even only just four and a half back of the three seed, which would be incredibly hard at this point with only 13 games left. But I mean, it's a couple big weeks, man. That, that they're not like, obviously they're trying to. They're they're trying to make the playoffs. Obviously, like th- th- that's the goal of what they do, and they're right there, and they've had a shot. And much like last season, um, they were in playoff position for the majority um, of the year, and then have now just at the very end uh, fallen out. The things that I think make it a, a little bit different necessarily this year is look, they would be if it, if you're comparing it directly to last year in terms of will they make the playoffs or not. Uh, the the way they've played this year would have been good enough to get into the playoffs last year, but because of the way the Western Conference in general has has shaked out uh, this year with the with the Pelicans uh, and the Timberwolves specifically being better, um, it's it's made it it's made it a much more and then obviously Portland as well has improved greatly this year. Um, those three teams they're it's gonna made be better it, next year too, and they're going well. We'll see. I guess we'll we'll see. There's so many variables at this point still, but I, I guess I mean that that is why. Because I'll be honest, I mean at the beginning of the season, a lot of times I was like, yeah, it's playoffs or bust. Like it has to be. Like you were the ninth seed last year. You were right there. You were uh, like a game out, uh, and you missed it. Okay, now this year you need to get in. Um, and, and on some levels, for that that maturity to gain that maturity and to show that improvement. Um, as a team overall, there, there's something to be said about just coming over the mental aspect of closing the deal, uh, which they couldn't do last season. But I just, it's harder for me this year, I guess, just because the West is so much more competitive. And then you had the Millsap injury, um, which, like, I mean, like you said, Dan, they spent a ton of money, and obviously he was a huge, um, he was a huge chunk of that. But you didn't get, you didn't get the full package of it, right? You didn't get full what you paid for because he's been out uh, so much. I mean, I. You look at it, is, yeah, is he like, worth four more wins? Kawhi uh, Leonard though. missed almost the entire season. DeMarcus right. Cousins blew out his Achilles. Like, both those teams right. no, are still I, like in the playoff hunt. <laughs> I don't disagree, but I'm just saying, I guess it's like, you know, uh, there's... 
If, I'm just would you say that for George Carl? Would uh, would George oh, had yeah. Nene get yeah, his Achilles blown out week one? George had you know uh, Kenyon Martin have to have two different knee microfractures. George had you know any number of of other issues. He you know <laughs> lost he you lost wasn't Chandler for a season. Oh, I'll give you, you, I'll give you a hot take. <laughs> I'll give you a hot take uh, that, yeah, that will have a lot, of, a lot of nuggets. People mad at me. George Carl had a better player on his team than than, than any of the team players on this team. Um, and that, you that like Andre Miller that much? A much? Huh? You like Andre Miller that much? <laughs> yes, Andre Miller was a beast. No, I mean, uh, prime Carmelo Anthony is is better than than twenty three year old Nikola Jokic. I don't know that prime. I don't think prime Nikola Jokic uh, will be better. Or will be worse than than prime Carmelo Anthony. But well, right now, I mean, we'll you're talking about we'll the guy. We'll see who's... where uh, both of those players finish on the Nuggets top fifty players list. <laughs> oh, I'm going to digress here really quick. Like uh, Carmelo Anthony, it better be. Uh, in my opinion, Carmelo Anthony is at least number three, if not number two, all time. Uh, but it, I swear, if they put him like at number five, man, I'm going to be so angry. Oh, well. Allen Iverson's going to be top five. You know that, right? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think he is. I think he's going to end up like – I don't even know where they're at right now. I think like 29 or something. It was Bobby Jones, which was a, yeah, a joke. But um, Bobby Jones should be like eight, you know, like a good God. I, we, I'm gonna get, see, now I'm going to get myself in trouble uh, with this. <laughs> I'm going to need you to breathe, Zach. Breathe. <laughs> That's made me angry. There. I got to get back. We got to get back on topic. All right. I'm going to give you guys your chance here. Uh how much time do we have left? Yeah, we're gonna have an eye. Okay, good. I can keep you guys fairly short on this. Um, <laughs> all right, Dan, let's let's we'll, we'll pull the bandaid off first. Denver Nuggets missed the playoffs. Coach Malone stays. Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I think he stays. I appreciate that, Dan. All right. Um, would you? Uh, you that would be a. I'm going to assume that would be a decision you would you would not agree with. Correct. Should, so that was should they decision. make a change if they that that was that's a decision I would not agree with. But I don't think that they are. They they've proven time and time again that they're going to do opposite of what I think they should do. So <laughs> they're definitely going to bring him back no matter what. I don't. I think. Yeah, I see. I tend to agree too. I think he's fairly safe, um, because. Because I, I really think they've, they've vetted this hard at media day for, for a situation just like we've been talking about, for an uber-competitive Western Conference uh, and a, uh, an injured Paul Millsap. They gave themselves an out uh, by, by back at media day, you know, kind of downplaying whether or not playoffs were the expectations. In fact, outright kind of saying that they wouldn't uh, say that that was the expectation. Um, and, and that, to me, plays right now into perfectly into what, what we've seen happen this season for, for a coach to be retained. Um, Low expectations. Dan, would, you, would, you, <laughs> would you consider it? Well, it's a, you can't skip steps, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> These steps are very, very, Every day very is narrow. Every day in this diet. <laughs> There's a baby steps, I guess, in this one. Gordon, what about you, man? Would would you be? Would you think that they should? They should or should not retain uh, either coach or you know? I mean, even like a guy like Tim Connolly or, or Arturis, um, if if they miss the playoffs. If they miss the playoffs, they need to change somebody in charge of something. That's I, like you can't you can't fire a, an assistant coach for that. 
Like well, that's yeah, I probably have like two leave because they'll get they'll all quit. So. Yeah, I was gonna say they'll all, they'll all quit anyway. Strength but and conditioning coach. <laughs> yeah, hey, I like. But like, there. no, you you want gotta let him go. Like somebody's got to go. Uh, for my money, if you can't get this roster to the playoffs, uh, I would I would let Malone go. Uh, it's that time in his contract. Um, the team is very attractive to new coaches. Um, you know, you've got all-star, well, at least one all-star sitting on the roster and a, at least one young one sitting in the wings. So right. it's not a couple. now's the time to jump on the bandwagon. If you're a, if you're a coach, you want to make your name with this kind of a team. You don't want to roll in when they don't have any talent. You want to roll in when the talent's there and you can piggyback somebody else's work. So... I, I see. Yeah. I, no, I, I, you know, you make a lot of the good points there, and and uh, obviously people on uh, listening don't know this, but me and me and Gordon actually we we had it out in the Slack chat on this topic because I disagree with you guys um, in that in that I would say that that they should uh, fire the coach if they don't don't make the playoffs. I'll say this: I'm not I'm not saying that I'm decided one way or another what they should do uh, at the end of the season. I think I know what they will do. Um, Zach is standing on fences again. Let's see how this works. <laughs> can I can I bring barring, up a point? Can I bring up a yeah. point of yeah. something that neither you guys didn't bring up in your discussion that kind of prompted this question for our, for sure. our show tonight? Um, but you're at a point right now where I, I let's assume as well that they give Jokic a max contract, right? And right. you're one year away from giving Jamal Murray an extension, and you're one year of your Gary Harris extension is already up. That's your, those are the three young pieces of your core. So your, your window now is basically Jokic's contract, whatever, four or five Correct. years. Four so or five years. If, if you're looking at that and you're like, all right, this is the core we're going to compete with for the next three years. It's not just a decision of, is Michael Malone the best coach for this next season? It's, is Michael Malone the best coach for the next five years, because if you're going to be starting this journey with the wrong pilot at the helm, like I, I feel like that's just something you you really need to do the hard work and decide. And I, it's it's something that there's it's wrought with uncertainties. It's very difficult to know to be able to predict the future, but you want to give yourself the best shot. And so you look at this group and you're like, these are three very talented offensive players. Our head coach prides himself on being a defense-first guy. Is that who we want to pair with our best young players for the next five years? Because if that's not the right. best fit, you shouldn't you can't change you shouldn't be trying to change the coach in one year. That does more harm in year three than it does in year one. So that's that's one of the reasons I think that they should make a change. And if it's it's honestly it's it's probably the biggest one. Because even if they make the postseason, I think that they should strongly consider making a coaching change because of that reason. Like, is this the coach they want to lead for the next five years? And I don't think with the talent that they've assembled that he's the best, the best coach for that, for that young core. I will get. I'll grant this, and this is something that Gordon did bring up was the fit necessarily, and particularly the fit with Nikola Jokic. and I will grant you guys that I, I don't think it is a is, is a great a great one, but I, I don't I also don't think that we we can definitively say right at this moment that yes he that he is not going to be um, the very best thing for for these guys or not even the best thing or he's not capable of of taking these guys um, 
where they where they want to go. I, I don't necessarily say that he can, and, and obviously where where they want to go is become a, a finals contender. I think it's like you referenced earlier, Gordon. I think it's a little bit crazy to say it's finals or bust. Like that's the only thing you know we. We, we play to win the game, Hermes were kind of thing. You obviously want to be a team, though. You want to be in that conversation at Just least. Just make the playoffs uh, first. <laughs> several times. But the first thing you have to do is make the playoffs, right? That is essentially the next step um, in, in this process. And that's where I think we, that's where I think we find out. Uh, we truly find out if Coach Malone is or is not the guy who can, um, who can do this. Because that's the only thing we really don't know. We don't know how, how he would uh, make adjustments um, do his and coach through a playoff series. Um, we have uh, obviously we all have our, our hypothesis on how he would do, but until we see, I think that's that's. I guess maybe that's why I'm holding out the most because and and I give it. I so I you're you're holding it, out because you you want you, if he can't make the playoffs and he can't prove he can't coach in the playoffs. That's because that's this where season we're is at. different as, as for all of the for <laughs> for the for the reasons I brought up earlier about the uniqueness of the situation of making the playoffs strictly in this season. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would probably, I would give it one more year because, and everybody, I get it, he's a lame duck coach next year, but you, I mean, you can, I think you can negotiate with him and be like, look, we're going to guarantee next year, we're going to give you, um, a team option or a, ha- a partial guarantee on the year after that, and then that's going to be it. We'll, we'll re, we'll readdress this, um, a year down the road and we'll just kick that can. Uh, that's, that, that I, mean, I think if, is, is something that they, you could, they to... could negotiate for. <laughs> If you do that to him, he's not playing any rookies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That well, but I mean, he's not. He's not going to play any rookies. Who Who are these young guys that are down on the on the bottom of our bench or in the bottom of our rotation that we're just, but you know, waiting to come break out and play on this on this team? Wancho. And whose positions are they taking? <laughs> so Wancho, Wancho will be the one guy, but he'll be a third year player. He's not a rookie. Like that. That's the th- thing. So. I, I mean, I, I just Tyler Lydon would be the only guy I could think, or whoever they would get in the draft. But let's be honest: if you're picking a guy in the 14th pick of the draft, anyways, there's the, heaven I mean, forbid, heaven forbid, you're a team like Utah and you have to play your 13th pick major minutes. <laughs> yeah, that would That's, be terrible. That. OG and an OB on the on the on the Raptors. Hate having to play those picks in the 20th, man. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, you guys are cherry picking, though. I mean, let's say uh, if we really wanted to, we could go through the draft and, and I can Devin pick Devin Booker, eight other 14th guys pick, Clay Thompson, 11th pick, pick, Kawhi Leonard, 15th pick. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, you're you're, you're, you're going to make me do it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up some names for you. Okay, oh, man. There, there are busts, but I'm, I'm just pointing out that you can find players that in the teens. Like Paul George or Gordon Hayward. Yeah, but how many, how many, how many, how many minutes did Paul George play as a rookie? That's what I'm saying. I mean, sure, these guys could turn out to be great guys, but if you're talking about you know just next season, um, wherever the Nuggets draft, there's like there, you know, there Justin Jackson, Bam, you know, I'm not even trying to pronounce Bam's name. Bam uh, Adebayo has I mean, actually been pretty good for Miami. He is. He, I've also had him on my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> he's been decent. No, I mean, and, and there, there's some guys that have been there, but I'm just saying, and especially a lot of these for the Denver. I mean, Denver's got a lot of. It's still going to have a lot of veteran guys next year. So I'm fine with them not. I'm not fine with them not playing a young guy next year. Um, if Malone's got one year to figure his shit out, that's fine. Uh, my concern is always how long do you want this to go. So if Malone squeaks into the playoffs, let's say it's a down year in the West and 41 wins get you into the playoffs, does that make him an extension? 
No. Like, you have to know what no, the plan you maintain, is. You have to maintain a continued uh, rise, and I think your win-loss win, your win -loss record along along with it to, to justify it. Like, it, it, here's the thing. If the Nuggets, and that's why I said I haven't decided yet whether or not uh, I feel like a coach should be retained. I think, though, I, I the way well, I see it trending. Gonna help. Like, yeah, go ahead. I would say the way I see it trending is I think he will because – they're they're only two wins off of their where they finished last season. Now, if they finished like 42, 43 wins, that's still like meh. But you start getting up 45, 46 wins, which is where I think they're going to end up. Um, then you then you start talking about a team that – or a job that's like, man, they improved by six wins over one season. Uh, and they the only reason they are going to end up missing out on the playoffs is because – 46 wins wasn't enough wasn't enough to get in. I mean, most years, right, 46 wins is enough to get into the playoffs as a low seed, which is where they're supposed to be this year. So, it, my, I, like my I said, question I, there I hold is my still, judgment. like, whether they should have more than 46 wins on the season, and you and I disagree about whether you can prove that. Well, I think that's... About whether, that's... About whether he's cost them five games, about whether... This could actually be a 50-win team without Millsap, at which point you're talking about, wow, check out the three-seed Nuggets, you know, who have their shit together. But so if he cost them five games, why aren't we talking about the people who cost them the other 26? You know what I mean? Like, like that's the thing. It's like uh, the, the, there's plenty of blame to go around for the losses, right? So There's lots of blame. There's all sorts of blame. But the question is who is going to get better on their own and who is just who they are? Like Wilson Chandler is who Wilson Chandler is. Right. And Mike Malone is a very young coach. If this is just who Mike Malone is, then you have to figure out if that's enough. If Mike Malone still has growth curve and can stop uh, interfering with the, num with the gross number of wins that the Nuggets can get, then you can make progress there. It's just a matter of what you think about Malone and – and his particular um, abilities to co get the most out of this squad. Uh, so can and yeah, can go ahead. I'll just want to jump in and jump sports. So you're going to get basically the last the last thought here. So okay, well, uh, just in the NFL, people don't keep track of the number of wins and losses for free safeties. Like you keep track of wins and losses for coaches and starting quarterbacks. So right. in the NBA, you keep track of the only person that keeps track of winning wins and losses. For any of the personnel involved on the roster, our coaches, and maybe your star point guard or your franchise player, maybe your general manager. But like nobody's nobody's hanging losses on like the fifth most important player. No, like you're the best player. <laughs> that, you got to step up. I disagree. Up. People hang losses on Will Barton all the time. <laughs> okay, well he's he's your fourth best player, but uh, it, it's a little bit different. Like you're not looking at people and being like, wow, you know, like Mason Plumlee's record as a Denver Nugget is. 42 and 40 or something like you're looking you're like coach malone's record they gave him they gave him a plaque in practice for 100 wins they don't give players plaques for 100 wins like congratulations you've won 100 games as a denver nugget like i don't care like so but it's important for coaches so if, you, if you're going to be measuring things like record like it's you know you can't the blame the blame sh if you're like who who cost the player who cost the team this game it doesn't fall on like a bench guy or the sixth man. It falls on the head coach. That's that's part of the job. That's I mean that's fair and, and or, well I I would say your your analysis is fair whether or not the application of that is fair. Um, oh, I just had a flashback to Ricky Moore though. Oh. 
If you're going to judge a guy by his record, I could say that he's got a better record every single season, so why would you fire him? Right. Um, so, But anyways, we are out of time, so it doesn't we'll matter. We'll revisit after the road trip, man. After the road trip, <laughs> we'll, we'll see where we're at. After the road trip, and then we will know. We will know a lot more next week when we talk to you guys. All right, Gordon Gross is at G Money Nugs. Dan is at Minuteman Dan. I am at Zach Mikosh. We are at Denver Stiffs and Nothing But Net Radio at NBN-Radio. Those are, of course, all on Twitter. Denver Stiffs is on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. We're on Facebook. Give us a follow. Give us a like. If you guys are listening to the podcast version of the show, uh, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a rating. We would appreciate it. All right, guys. Gordon, Dan, appreciate it. Yeah. Adios, man. Thanks. We'll talk to everybody. All right, we're just going to cut it. We're just going to cut it. (laughs) Bye. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill-up. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon.